Hello and welcome to Adam Analyzes. My name is Adam and I'll be your host. In thinking about it, I haven't really talked too much about a certain popular Netflix show that has the words Stranger and Things in its title. Probably a little over a month ago, it wrapped its fourth season. There's been some high praise, but there's also been some very justifiable criticism directed towards its fourth season, which honestly, I probably echo the same sentiments, but we'll get into that. As I'm going to try to take a deeper dive to not just talk about season four, but Stranger Things as a whole. So let's run up that hill, make a deal with God, and remember to obey your master. As we gotta talk about Stranger Things, season four, and the show as a whole. The Netflix TV show Stranger Things first premiered July 15th, 2016. It was met with some really good reviews and it was almost a success that I wasn't expecting. From the initial trailers, it gave me a vibe of John Carpenter meets Steven Spielberg, which I was completely okay with because 80s era John Carpenter and 80s era Steven Spielberg are awesome. It was just a little bit of an odd mix. I didn't think that it would exactly work very well, but it did work well. Plus, the show was set in the 80s, since the 80s were super popular at that time. I guess they still are, but it looks like we're moving on to 90s stuff being popular now. I personally was just surprised at its success because I didn't think that horror was really in the mainstream. Sure, we had The Walking Dead and such, and that was currently on its downturn as far as its popularity, but I didn't think that it would be a universally loved show the way that it was. It seems like it was really pulling in a lot of different viewers who may not necessarily be a fan of either John Carpenter or Steven Spielberg. It almost acted as a gateway for people to take note of some of the other things that these directors may have done, or in the case of John Carpenter, a director who is beloved but almost forgotten nowadays. What it comes down to, if Stranger Things was a gateway for people to get into some 80s horror and such, then I'm perfectly a-okay with the show. I thought the first season was a very strong season. In some ways, it didn't really need a season two, but I knew that a season two was likely to happen, considering the first one was a runaway success. Me personally, I didn't really care for season two all that much. It had a throwaway episode and it didn't really seem to go anywhere. I think season three was a much stronger season of Stranger Things, especially with incorporating a lot of the Red Scare stuff of the 80s. It seemed to really properly represent the time, especially with the coolness of the Starcourt Mall, which makes me miss a lot of these old stores and malls. I mean, season three seemed to bring back some of that John Carpenter influence as I really feel like it kind of ripped off the film Prince of Darkness a little bit. Especially with Billy's character and how he was more or less assembling an army. Seriously, watch the film Prince of Darkness and tell me that he wasn't a very similar character to Alice Cooper's character in Prince of Darkness. However, if you watch something like season 3 or 4 and then go back to watch the first season of Stranger Things, the first season feels very simple. The show is creating a mythology that they claim they had from the very start. Is that truly the case? Who knows? The creators of Stranger Things, the Duffer Brothers, say so, so I'm inclined to believe it, even if I don't exactly believe it. As a show goes on, it can either get better or it can get worse. I kind of feel like Stranger Things Season 4, it more or less plateaued. 
Yes, there's a lot of big set pieces. The show obviously has a much bigger budget from what it was originally. That's to be expected. This show is a success. But it also feels like it gets away from what the central concept of the first season was. And that's mostly because they're trying to explain things such as the Upside Down. I don't think it really needed to be explained very much. It just kind of is. They could have dropped little hints here and there, but they go full on in season four to explain how it was created. And that led to the new villain known as Vecna. The Upside Down now kind of resembles a hellscape with Vecna being more or less a Freddy Krueger type of character as he kills people in their dreams, but they're fully awake. They just kind of stop and become catatonic and Vecna proceeds to break all their limbs. It really is strange to me that they went this direction in season four, especially since the Upside Down kind of reminded me of the Red Room from Twin Peaks in season one, but it just completely changed as the show went on. I guess it's an all right change. I do enjoy A Nightmare on Elm Street and that series. I just really wasn't expecting season four to completely change that mythology the way they did. That's also probably what leads me to believe that the Duffer brothers were actually just creating things as it was going on and didn't have an actual plan. I don't think they really expected the first season to go over the way it did. I guess the route that they went with the Upside Down looking like a hellish nightmare is an alright change, it's just one that I wouldn't have gone with personally. The other big change there with season 4 is that we get extra long overlong episodes. I totally get and understand that the Duffer Brothers are creatives. They really wanted to put a lot into season four. We get the same amount of episodes, however, they're really, really long this time. I wish that they would have cut them down into possibly another episode because it made it feel like a slog to get through season four. The extra long episodes feel like they have that artificial padding. Had they cut some scenes out or made it into other episodes, it would have felt like a much tighter show and it really, from a creative standpoint, would have reaped the benefit of having just standard one hour episodes. This is almost like their overblown big budget season four. I can only imagine what their overblown big budget season five is going to be. Thankfully, that's going to close out the show, as I think it's time to probably close it out, even though I have enjoyed it in varying degrees, all the way up to probably the show's end. But they really need to reel that back in. Maybe let's rethink what made the show great to begin with. Speaking of budget, this show obviously has a much bigger budget this time around. It looks absolutely fantastic. The cinematography here looks amazing for a Netflix show. If you compare it to something like The Umbrella Academy Season 3, the difference in visual quality is almost like a night-to-day comparison. The show looks absolutely fantastic. The special effects are on point. It's also nice that the character of Vecna is practical and not CGI. Me, personally, I would like to see that trend continue to happen as CGI is taking me out of a lot of projects anymore. It's becoming more and more apparent with things that are computer animated compared to things that are actually there on set. Maybe it's just me getting old and kind of jaded when it comes to big special effects projects. It's just that when you can get away with using practical effects, 
a lot of studios and creatives really need to get back to that. It really does make a difference. That's actually one of my big fears with Season 5 for Stranger Things. I wonder if they're going to continue this big budget blowout of special effects all over the place. That's where I was talking about earlier it seems to get away from the original thing that was the main selling point and draw to begin with. That's the fact that the kids, the characters are fun. They have that certain Goonies-like feel to the characters and it makes it a lot of fun to watch them on screen. Everyone returning did a great job. I guess it's really the character of Max who was really the standout here, mostly because she was given a lot to do, where some of them really weren't. Characters such as Will and his brother, they didn't really have a whole lot to do. I could absolutely see this series becoming a big special effects blowout, where you get those little character moments, they get kind of taken away because the special effects get in the way. That's almost Bill Murray's complaint with Ghostbusters 2. I understand his complaint, but I kind of disagree with that. But that would be another discussion for another time. If we're getting back to characters, this did introduce a new character that everybody seemed to fall in love with, and that was Eddie. The heavy metal loving high school delinquent who dealt drugs, but also has a heart of gold. He really seemed to be the enduring character, and well, spoiler alert, they killed him off. They almost pulled a Walking Dead where they wound up making you like the character, and well, sorry, they gotta go because they're a new character. That stuff is super predictable and I really wish that they would stop that trope in many different TV shows. It is kind of interesting that they based the Eddie Munson character off of a real-life crime story. Of course, in real life, it didn't work out the same way it did on Stranger Things. However, it is fascinating that they were using some real-world stuff to use as a framework for Season 4. The other real-world thing that they decided to include was their take on the Satanic Panic of the 80s because Satanic cults were all the rage back in the 80s along with Satan catching most of the blame for many things that happened. One of the nice guest stars of season 4 of Stranger Things was Robert England. If you're going to have a Nightmare on Elm Street inspired story, you might as well go and include Freddy Krueger himself. He's not in the show very much, I wish he had a little bit more to do, but his character I guess makes sense in the grand scheme of things. It's just kind of sad to me to see a iconic horror actor just kind of push to the side and just be a very small minor character that has somewhat of an importance to the story. It should also be noted that the asylum that Robert England's character is in is called Penhurst. I think that's a nice little nod to the original Penhurst State School in Pennsylvania, which, just to let you know, was never actually an asylum. Either way, I think it was cool to see Penhurst represented, even if it was a fictional version of the actual place. The other big thing that came around with Season 4 of Stranger Things is two songs that wound up getting insanely popular because they were featured in iconic scenes of the show. The first of those is during Max's getting woken up from Vecna's power with the song by Kate Bush, Running Up That Hill. It's a fine song in its own right, I have heard it before. It's just maybe you want to let something rest a little bit. I'm sick of hearing the song already because it's everywhere. Just because something's cool doesn't mean you have to drive it into the ground. I guess the same thing could be said for Metallica's Master of Puppets. 
That song is also featured in a pretty pivotal moment on the show. It doesn't really make a whole lot of sense, but hey, it's equally cool and cringy at the same time. As a matter of fact, thinking of what the Upside Down looks like in Season 4, it kind of reminds me of a Dio album cover or even Iron Maiden's Number of the Beast album cover. The inclusion of Metallica's Master of Puppets also led to a TikToker actually trying to get them cancelled. Well, maybe you want to do a little bit of research on the band before you go and buy a shirt because you heard one song. I have no problem with that being a gateway into people following a certain music or getting into a certain type of music. It's just, it's kind of weird when you hear one song by someone or a band and all of a sudden you're wearing a shirt by them because, hey, it's the cool thing to do because it was on a popular show. I will say that it was pretty cool that we did get those little heavy metal moments and 80s pop music moments. I did enjoy them on the show. So overall in Stranger Things Season 4, I think it was a perfect fan service season. It's one of those seasons that it took big swings, but they were also swings that they knew they were going to hit home runs with. It wasn't exactly a lot of moments where you were really questioning what was happening. It's just that the mythology is getting a little bit goofy as the show goes. Thankfully, they are closing out the show. I don't doubt there's going to be tons of spinoffs or whatever, which... That's fine. I may or may not watch those. Season 4 was a good season. It's just a little obvious of what they were going for with that big budget mentality for something that started out originally much smaller and it was a streaming TV show. So I really can't deny that it's awesome that they were able to build it to this big thing. I just can't help but feel a little bit left down with what we received in Season 4 even though it was, for the most part, a good season, for me, season two still stands as the weakest one. I'm going to close out tonight's episode. As a reminder, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Adam underscore analyzes. If you don't do the whole social media thing, you can drop me an email at adamanalyzespodcast at gmail.com. If you want to catch up on past episodes, you can do so at adamanalyzes.com. Also, if you're enjoying my podcast, why not tell a friend about it? Tell two friends for that matter. Or if you have a free moment, I would greatly appreciate if you would leave a five-star rating at the podcast listening platform of your choice. It'll allow me to reach new listeners as well as continue to create new content. But with that being said, remember, be kind and good night.